Welcome to the Countdown to Canada podcast by Arrive, a podcast for newcomers by newcomers. We give you the information, resources, and tips you need to build a successful life here. Whether you're exploring your immigration options, looking for your first job, starting your studies as an international student, or adapting to life in Canada, this podcast will set you up for a smooth journey. Now let's get you home. I'm your host, Clem Levovalier, and I moved to Canada from France 10 years ago. And today, I'm with my colleague and co-host, Suganda Mahajan. Morning, Suganda. How are you feeling today? Hi, Clem. I'm doing well. I'm really excited about recording our first ever podcast. And honestly, I wish this kind of podcast had existed three years ago when I first moved to Canada from India. I know. There's just so much to do when you're moving to a new country and settling down. And a podcast you can listen to on the go makes things much easier. So let's get started. Tell me, what was the biggest challenge that you faced when you moved to Canada? Huh. Um, finding uh, my first job in Canada was definitely the biggest issue I faced. And I think that's something that's true for most newcomers. Um, the Canadian job market is really different from that in other countries. And honestly, it took me a couple of months to just figure out what Canadian employers were looking for and to get things right. I completely agree. Finding employment in Canada as a newcomer isn't easy. And that is going to be the focus of today's episode. But before we dive into the process of finding a job... One question we often get from people is, am I allowed to work in Canada? And not everyone can legally work in Canada, isn't that right? That's correct. So in order to work in Canada, you either need to be a Canadian citizen, a permanent resident, or you need to have a work permit or a study permit that allows you to work part-time while studying. I personally moved to Canada as a permanent resident, so I was allowed to work for pretty much any Canadian employer without any restrictions. Um, I know, Clem, you first moved here uh, on a work permit. So do you want to talk about the different types of work permits in Canada? Yeah, absolutely. So there are two types of work permits in Canada. An employer-specific work permit, sometimes called a closed work permit, and an open work permit. And to qualify for an employer-specific work permit, you need a job offer from a Canadian employer. And you're only allowed to work for that particular employer. And the employer needs to complete a few tasks before giving you that job offer, including getting something called a Labor Market Impact Assessment, LMIA, which justifies why they're hiring a foreigner. And there's a cost and some work associated with that, which is why most companies find it easier to hire citizens, people who are already permanent residents, or who have open work permits. And on the other hand, an open work permit allows you to work for almost any employer in Canada, with restrictions on a few industries. But you can only qualify for an open work permit if you meet certain criteria, like if you're an international student who's recently graduated from a Canadian university or college, and therefore you're eligible for a post-graduation work permit, or if you're the spouse or partner of a work permit or study permit holder in Canada. In my case, I got an employer-specific work permit, and my husband got an open work permit that was valid for the same duration as my work permit. Hmm, interesting. Um, I've also heard of a program called the International Experience Canada, uh, which apparently allows youth from 30-plus countries to come to Canada, travel, and work here temporarily. Yeah, and that one's called, uh, also called the Working Holiday Visa, and it's really popular with young people from my home country, uh, France. And they like it because it's, for them, a way to try out living and working in Canada and before they can decide if they want to move here permanently. It's available to citizens of roughly 30 countries, and you can find the list of eligible countries on the Government of Canada's website. That sounds really interesting. Uh, too bad my home country, India, isn't on that list. So, um, Clem, you've been here for about 10 years now. Um, in your experience, 
how different is the Canadian job market from that in your home country? Well, the biggest difference I noticed was the role networking plays in the Canadian professional environment. And now that I've been working here for a decade, it's even more apparent. Canada has a huge hidden job market, which means that 65 to 80% of available jobs are never advertised or posted online. And instead, these jobs are filled through word of mouth or referrals that come through the employer's networks. So as a newcomer, if you're only applying to jobs posted on sites like JobBank, LinkedIn, Monster, or Indeed, then you're missing out on the vast majority of opportunities. Wow. Um, I'm going to let that just sink in. 65 to 80% of all jobs are filled through recruiters' networks. Um, so how can newcomers tap into this hidden job market? And that's a really good question. The only way to access the hidden job market is through networking. As a newcomer looking for a job in Canada from your home country, you should start building your network in Canada before you even arrive. Start with the people you know who live in Canada. Do you have friends or family members here, former coworkers, alumni from your school? These people are your first degree connections and you should connect with them and let them know that you're looking to start your career in Canada and the type of role or organization that you hope to work in. And then ask them to connect you to relevant people in their network who you can talk to and learn from. And those will be your secondary connections and so on and so forth. Um, you can also build your network from scratch, though that's always a little harder. Virtual networking events and LinkedIn can be good places to find professionals in your industry in Canada. And just make sure you optimize your LinkedIn profile for Canada and customize your connection requests to create a good first impression and let people know why you want to connect. That's good advice, Clem. I remember being surprised by the sheer number of professionals who were actually willing to take out time to help newcomers uh, and give them advice on understanding the Canadian job market. I think it's also important to mention that networking isn't just about sending out connection requests on LinkedIn. Um, the idea here is to build meaningful connections through two-way communication and value addition. So you should also think about what you bring to the table. And when you do connect with somebody new, uh, don't just ask for a job straight away. Instead, talk to them, try to find things that you have in common. And if they are open to helping you out, ask them for a coffee chat. Yeah, coffee chats are an excellent way to build deeper connections. And this was a totally new concept to me when I moved to Canada. And when I talk to many newcomers about coffee chats, they're surprised. So let's talk a little bit about what that is. A coffee chat is essentially an in-person or virtual informational interview where you can ask questions to learn about the industry, company, and job. It's more informal than a job interview, and sometimes it's not about a job at all. It's a great way to understand the skills you need for a particular job or even about a company's hiring practices. And it also gives you an opportunity to understand the person's interests and where you might be able to offer help. Uh, you can ask them about their career path, about career advice that they might have for you as you start your Canadian career journey. And once you've established a degree of trust and a real connection, then you can let your contacts know that you're looking for a job and ask if they know of any job openings in their company or if they can connect you with any other people in their network. If they do know of an open position, you might even be able to get a referral. And if they don't have anything on hand now, they might still think of you when they hear of a person in their network looking to fill a role a couple weeks from now. Mm -hmm. uh, a referral can actually make all the difference to your uh, job search. And through your network, you can get access to a whole lot of previously hidden job opportunities. Yeah, I can never say this enough. Building and also maintaining your network is so important for your career in Canada. 
all of the jobs that I have had since moving to Canada, I got connected to those opportunities through my network, all of them in some way, shape or form. On one occasion, it was through a coworker's husband. Uh, another time was through a person I met at a networking event. Once it was through a former coworker who connected me to a role. And my most recent position I got when a person I'd worked with in a previous job asked me to join his current team. So you can build your network through volunteering, through your place of worship or your gym, through your kid's school or a club you join, or by meeting people at events and conferences. Just go ahead and do it. We've put together a pretty great guide on networking for newcomers to Canada to help you learn how to do it effectively. And that guide is free to download. And we're going to put the link in the description of this episode. So don't forget to check that out after you're done listening. And I can go on and on about the importance of networking for hours. But as a newcomer job seeker, there are also other things that you should be doing in parallel when you're looking for a job. Uh, Suganda, besides networking, what are other tools or platforms that you use to find job opportunities? Well, uh, before I arrived, I had signed up with Access Employment, which is a government-funded organization that helps um, newcomers to Canada prepare for their job search while they're still in pre-arrival. After I came to Canada, I was searching for jobs pretty much full-time for the first couple of months. So I tried everything. In addition to networking, I was on all of the job portals that you mentioned, Indeed, Monster, LinkedIn, the whole lot. And I also signed up for daily or weekly alerts to be delivered to me directly. So I spent less time searching and more time applying. Um, In addition to that, I had made a list of companies that I was interested in working for. So I actively kept track of their career pages and also their LinkedIn um, profiles so that I could stay up to date on any open jobs that they had. In addition to that, I had registered with some employment agencies like Robert Half and He's Canada. So uh, one thing that I noted that was different in Canada than my home country is that employment agencies here um, don't charge applicants or potential employees a fee. Instead, they get paid by the employer once the position is filled. So if you're actively searching for jobs in Canada, it's a good idea to just go ahead and register with an employment agency. And besides that, I also attended a couple of job fairs here in Toronto. Yeah, it looks like you were doing all the right things. So what part of the job search did you find most challenging then when you came to Canada? Hmm. The biggest pain point for me was actually getting my resume right. Ah, the resume. It's a little different here, isn't it? Uh, Yes. The Canadian resume is very different from the one that I was using back home in India. Um, So I had to build a new one for the Canadian job market. There are three main types of Canadian resume formats, uh, the reverse chronological format, the functional format, and the hybrid format. Um, And the ideal resume for your application depends on your transferable skills as well as the length of your work history. Um, There's no one size fits all. Arrive actually has some excellent resume templates that you can download, and they're a great starting point for when you start building your resume. Yes, um, these resume templates are free to use and they can be a great starting point when you're crafting your resume. Um, You will find the link to that in the description uh, of this episode. So when you started creating your first Canadian resume, Suganda, what are some of the major differences that you picked up on that newcomers should watch out for? Okay, uh, that's a great question. So first, uh, there's the stuff that you have to take out. So on the Canadian resume, you typically don't include your photograph, your age, your marital status, or things like that. And also, it's a lot shorter than what you might be used to. Usually one page, maximum two if you have a lot of professional experience. 
but keep it concise. Next, and this is super important, every single resume you send out must be customized to the job you're applying for. You need to include keywords from the job description. This is absolutely essential because most Canadian employers use something called an applicant tracking system or ADS, which is essentially a software that filters out resumes that best match the job description. Um, then the way information is presented in the Canadian resume is different as well. So in many countries, including India, you would typically list your um, job responsibilities for each position in the work experience section. That's not the case in Canada. Canadian employers actually want to see your accomplishments or your achievements for each role. And ideally, you want to use data um, just to make your achievements stand out. So for instance, uh, let's say you were a content manager in your last role. Just saying that you helped increase website traffic is not enough. But if you were to say something like, I helped increase website traffic by 65% in one year by creating an effective content strategy, something like that is more likely to impress the hiring manager. Yeah, that's a great tip. Um, I also want to uh, add that a cover letter can help your application stand out. And not all job postings specifically ask for one but including a customized cover letter can really help convince employers that you're passionate about their company and the job. Um, show that you've done your research into the company. Uh, plus, it's a good way to expand on the information that's listed in your resume um, by giving examples of the skills you leverage to achieve certain of the goals that you've highlighted in the resume. A Canadian resume is short, uh, so a cover letter gives you a little more uh, space to impress the employer. I should mention that there is a cover letter template included with our free resume template. So don't forget to look for that um, link in the description and download those. Yeah, honestly, I get it. Uh, it can be tempting to send out your application without a cover letter, especially if you're in full-time job search mode and you're sending out multiple applications every day. But including a cover letter can significantly increase the chances of you landing an interview for that particular job. Um, so, Clem, once you've made the perfect resume and obviously the cover letter and you've submitted your application, what's the next step in the hiring process in Canada? Well, the next step is waiting. <laughs> um, on their end, employers will use the applicant tracking system that you just talked about to shortlist the best resumes, uh, which are the ones that the ATS software deems most relevant, uh, hence the use of keywords from the job description. Um, and they'll call those candidates in for interviews. And if you're invited for a job interview, the first round is typically likely to be a screening round, which will be over the phone probably uh, and perhaps with an HR person. And during that call, the recruiter is going to want to verify your educational credentials and experience, and they'll make sure that you're really interested in the job. And if you make it through the screening round, you'll probably go through two or more um, job interviews before getting a job offer. And who are these interviews typically with? Well, that depends on the role you've applied for. But most commonly, you'll meet with a hiring manager, who may be your boss if you get selected, um, and that will be for a technical interview. And you might be called for interviews with other people in the department, either individually or as a group. And many Canadian companies also have culture fit interviews uh, where you'll meet uh, members of your future team or people from the HR team. And these culture fit interviews are designed to see how well you'd fit into the company culture or the team culture. Mm -hmm. Yeah, uh, culture fit interviews were definitely new to me when I first started looking for jobs here. Uh, but they're so important to the hiring process. 
In fact, uh, it's only after coming here that I've started to appreciate how much of a difference having a good team culture can make. So I understand why they do these interviews. Um, but moving on, Clem, do you have any other tips for our listeners to help them ace their interviews in Canada? Yeah, well, the most important thing to do before any interview is research. You need to learn everything there is to know about the company, the interviewers, and the role. And we mentioned it earlier, networking can help you find the information you're looking for. And in addition to that, don't forget to go through the company's website and social media. Um, start with a Google search to see if there's any recent announcements about the company. And when you get invited for an interview, try and get the information on who that interview is going to be with and look up your interviewers on LinkedIn to learn about their job and career paths. And all of this information will help you during the interview so that you can frame your responses in a way that's relevant and well-researched. And it'll also help you prepare a list of questions to ask the interviewer. Um, another tip I'd uh, suggest is to practice as much as possible. And by practicing, I don't mean memorizing all your responses, but it's a good idea to prepare an elevator pitch um, and to know the key ports that you want to cover if you get some commonly asked questions. Um, and these are questions like, why do you want to work for this company? Or what are your strengths and weaknesses? And what's your biggest professional achievement? So know the bullet points of what you'd like to cover um, because those questions often get asked. Mm -hmm. You talked about framing your response, Clem. So let's just talk about the best way to answer interview questions. Obviously, uh, when you're going into an interview, you should expect some technical questions and those will vary depending on the domain or field you're in. Uh, but in addition to that, you may also come across questions that are situational or behavioral. And these questions are usually used by interviewers to assess whether you have the skills that are required for the job or also to assess your culture fit. And these are best answered with examples from your professional experience. A good way to frame your responses is by using the STAR method. So S-T-A-R stands for situation, task, action, and result. Uh, and these are the four basic components that a good answer should contain. So essentially what you're doing is first you set the context by explaining the situation, then uh, the task, which is what were you responsible for? What role or responsibility was given to you? Then you talk about the action that you took and also what skills did you use? Uh, and finally, you close by highlighting the results and perhaps your learnings from it. Um, can you give us an example of what that might sound like? Sure. Let's suppose an interviewer asks you to give an example of a time you performed well under pressure. So using the STAR method, uh, you would start your response with the situation. For instance, in my last job, um, my coworker had to take several months off work to deal with a health emergency. He had been responsible for a time-critical project, and with him gone, the client was considering moving to another agency. Uh, then you would talk about the task you were responsible for. In this example, you might say something like, I was brought in to take over the project, and after I had a chance to review the requirements of the project, I spoke to the client, and I asked them to stay on, and I promised that they would get the deliverables within the originally agreed upon time frame. Next comes the action. Um, what did you do to accomplish your task? In this case, it could be something like, um, since I also had my own clients to look after, the first thing that I did was prioritize. I requested extensions on a few non-priority tasks and delegated some other weekly deliverables to my coworkers. 
And finally, the result. Uh, in this example, it could be with my own work well under control, I was able to dedicate most of my time to my uh, co-workers project and I completed it on time. The client was so impressed with the results that not only did they continue with our agency, they also gave me two additional projects to manage. And that's a super helpful example. So the STAR method helps you keep your answers to the point while making sure that you cover all of the essential aspects. So really helpful. It's also important to ask questions at the end of the interview. Uh, it shows that you're interested in the job and want to learn more about the company and the team. So usually at the end of an interview, the interviewer will ask you if you have questions for them, and you should have at least one or two thoughtful questions prepared. And by that, I mean not something that you can easily Google. Uh, this is an opportunity for you to show that you've done your research. Yeah. Uh, research is actually super important at every stage of your job search, whether it's uh, identifying the right employers to apply to, um, creating your resume, preparing for your interviews, and also preparing questions to ask the interviewer. So, Clem, before we end this episode, I have one final question for you, a question that we get from many newcomers all the time. How easy is it to get a job in Canada? Well, that's a tough one, and it, honestly, it really depends. If you're moving to Canada as a permanent resident, finding a job is easier. But if you're applying for jobs from your home country with the goal of uh, getting an employer-specific work permit, then it can be harder. Uh, Put yourself in the shoes of a Canadian recruiter for a minute. If you're looking to fill a position in Canada as soon as possible, then you're going to prefer candidates that are already in the country and available to start right away. A Canadian company that wants to hire someone outside of Canada has to go through a complicated and lengthy process, and essentially they have to explain why they aren't hiring someone local for the job. And they're only going to go to that trouble if they really can't find someone local. Now, if you're an approved permanent resident, you've received your COPR, and you haven't landed just yet, they can hire you without going to all that trouble, but then they have to wait until you land for you to actually start working. And that makes it easier for you to find a job as long as the position isn't urgent. That makes a lot of sense. Um, it also depends on the industry you are in because Canada faces a severe shortage of skilled workers in a lot of industries, like, for instance, healthcare, manufacturing, construction, and also a lot of services, for instance, finance, IT, even marketing. So if you're in an in-demand position, it becomes easier to find a job in Canada, even if you're applying from your home country. Yeah, that's absolutely right. Oh, well, we've covered a lot of ground today from where to look for jobs, uh, networking to Canadian style resumes, interview preparation. You can also find a lot more in-depth information on these topics in our guide to finding your career as a newcomer. Uh, and you can find the link for that in the description of this episode. Thank you for listening to the Countdown to Canada podcast by Arrive. We hope the tips we shared today will help you land your first job in Canada and kickstart your career. For other newcomer resources to help with your career, life and finances in Canada, check out our website arrivein.com and subscribe to our podcast. We hope to see you back for the next episode.